Just as a little warning before we get started with this episode, Becca will not be joining us for this episode, so we're sad to not have her, but she will be around for next episode. Align with the Massage Business Mama comes to you with a combined 22 plus years experience in the massage biz as entrepreneurs, providing actionable tips and resources you can implement today. Becca, an off-grid living, quirky, trail-running massage therapist, esthetician, and yogi, offers her business and wellness perspective to you with highly caffeine-fueled, compassionate wit. Allie, your hard-working, driven, creative mom, massage therapist, business owner, lover of friend gatherings, all-time annual family talent show winner, brings her drive and business savvy to every episode. Our sponsor for this episode is me, Allie, of the Massage Business Mama. During all of this COVID craziness, I have had to learn how to pivot my massage practice to stay relevant and swim, not sink. In making these tough decisions, I created a workbook to help myself make conscious and informed choices as to how to move forward. The workbook, Massage Practice Reimagined, Redefining Your Massage Business After the COVID Crisis, is a 36-page interactive guide to help you move forward in a post-COVID landscape. It retails for $12, but for Align with the Massage Business Mama listeners, you can get it for $4.99. Go to www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com to shop this workbook. At checkout, use coupon code PODCAST, all in caps, to get your discount. And please, let me know how the workbook helps you work through this crisis. In this episode, I will be chatting with Joyce Gothier of The Sailing Massage Therapist, The Respect Massage Movement, and one of my co-founders for the Facebook page Massage Life. Joyce has got a lot of balls up in the air right now, and it's such an honor to have her on the show. So Joyce, thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks, Allie. It's great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Yeah. So Joyce and I met a little over a year ago when I spammed her Facebook group, Massage Business with the Sailing Massage Therapist, with a link to a blog post I was promoting. At the time, I was a little daft when it came to Facebook etiquette and self-promoting in someone else's group, but Joyce was so incredibly gracious and allowed me to write a guest post about working mom guilt for her site. This whole exchange led to a friendship that I'm so thankful for, and it's been super fun to collaborate on different projects, encourage each other, and now to have you as a podcast guest. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny, Allie, because... When when you put that blog post up, I, of course, went and I read it and I was like, oh, I like her. I like her a lot, but don't be spamming in my group. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it definitely opened up a really great conversation that we had. And of course, like I am always looking for people to collaborate with. Like I get so lonely working by myself yeah. <laughs> on my computer, on my boat. And it was great to connect with you. So it worked out. Yeah, well, and you know, another thing that I think has really come out of our friendship and that I just truly believe is that when we work together, we can elevate the profession 
more than if we consider everyone around us competition. And I, I think that's true, you know, in the online space. And I think that's true on the ground too, like as massage therapists in a community, if you can find people that you can work with and that you have mutual respect for that you're going to be elevating the field and that you shouldn't really view it as competition. So absolutely. We're all so different. Yeah, Yeah. we all have something different to offer. And looking at each other as competition, is just going to bring the whole industry down, you know, instead of elevating it by by working together and saying, hey, I'm really good at this. You're really good at that. Let's work together and let's make something great. Here. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So Joyce, you live on a sailboat. Yes. Did you know that I once hitchhiked on a sailboat in Panama? What? I thought you were like a, a land lover over there in Colorado, Allie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I do like the land. I do like the land. This was not one of my smarter adult moments. But me and a couple of girlfriends thought it would be really fun to hitchhike through the Panama Canal. And it was supposed to be like kind of a one day trip to go through the canal. And nobody was going through the canal. So we ended up getting on a boat with a really nice couple that was headed to Boca del Toro. And it was so funny because they asked us before we got on, they're like, do you guys have food? And we're like, oh, yeah, we have plenty of food. We had like granola bars and like (laughs) peanuts or something and we ended up being on their boat for five days and like definitely we're not prepared at all and this was the first time I ever tried spam oh my gosh are are you eating spam on your boat because that's what they had a lot of to offer us (laughs) (laughs) no I eat zero spam (laughs) Okay, so you're living a little bit larger than this couple that was was sharing their spam with me on there. I I suppose there's a time and space for for spam when you're living on a boat, you know, if you're doing really long passages, but we stay pretty close to shore. Like, I think the furthest offshore I've been is like 250 miles. And it was just for a few days. So like, they were prepared. I mean, if they're going through the canal, they were preparing to probably do weeks at sea. Um, in the Pacific, were they going that way? Were they going from no, no, no? They weren't Pacific to Atlantic. They weren't. They weren't going through the canal. We did not go through the canal. We wanted to go through the canal. Oh, yeah. Oh, so you just bummed around. Oh, okay. Because we. we, I was like, how did you get back to shore? (laughs) No, no, no. So we like we, we. Our goal was to go through the canal, and we get to the boatyard, and. Like nobody was going there and we had been warned that this town was super dangerous and to not head into town at all if we if we didn't get a ride to to like sleep at the boatyard because it was like such a dangerous town. So we were like totally oh. freaked out. So we had no plans to go to Boca del Toro. But then when we met a couple that felt like a safe couple to travel with, we're like, yes, mm-hmm. we'll get on your boat. <laughs> we were. Oh. We were we were like really naive. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I'm still learning. I've been living on a boat for three years and there's just so much to learn. It's, it's insane. But you, the best way to learn is just, just go do it. Yeah. But was that your last time on a boat? Uh, my last time on, well, no, I, I guess I've been on a sailboat since then, but just like little day trips. Um, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So enough about sailboats. (laughs) Um, (laughs) 
I was hoping that you could share with our listeners more about the Respect Massage Movement and why you got it started, what you hope to achieve with it, and kind of where you hope to take it. Sure. The Respect Massage Movement was born last November, um, November of 2019, because I was seeing a lot of massage therapists really struggling when they were faced with a sexual solicitor. Like they didn't know what to look for. They didn't know how to get out of uncomfortable situations. Sometimes they would just let it go too far and they just didn't know what to do. And there was no like AMTA, ABMP, NCBTMB, like all of those huge massage therapy associations never talked about it. No one was talking about it. And what would end up happening is massage therapists would go into Facebook groups and say, hey, this happened. What should I do? And there was some good advice being given. And there was also some really bad advice being given too. So I, I said, you know, no one's doing this. I have the time. I have the energy. And it's something that's really important to me. So I'm going to start basically... Like, I feel like it started off as a movement where it was a a website, a social media account where massage therapists could go and get information about how to protect themselves, what to look for in a sexual solicitors, what red flags there are, and have the tools to put themselves out there as a legitimate, educated massage therapist. So Respect Massage has a very clear logo that is available to all massage therapists everywhere that says Respect Massage Zero Tolerance. So that is a line of defense that they can use on their web pages and social media where it's a very clear logo that says, hey, I don't do happy endings, but in like a classy professional way. Well, and you also have stickers yeah. too. So I ordered my stickers and I have them on the door to my practice and I, I love having that sticker. Right. Yeah. Right it's, there. it's it's protection. You know, it's like when you get a security system and you have the security system right out there, the, the sticker or the lawn sign or something like that. It's like saying, hey, okay, move along. Not here. There's easier yeah. targets and not me, you know? And you kind of, you have a goal that this really becomes universal. And so it's it's something that people like easily recognize as, as a kind of universal symbol that, that there's no funny business. Exactly. Going on, right? Exactly. It is, it's going to be two words that will just represent a legitimate educated massage therapist. So if you have a client that is looking for someone where there isn't going to be any funny business, they can say, Oh, well I went on this massage therapist website. They've, they're part of respect. Massage. They're a member. Yeah. It's that simple that you just have the logo up. And your clients will know where you stand and it'll be very clear. And I would love for it to catch on. Yeah. I, the, the Facebook page is getting pretty big or I'm up over 5,000 members on the Facebook page. Instagram's doing well. So that's going to be totally loaded with lots of free resources for massage therapists Awesome. to just to learn how to protect themselves. Well, and one of the things that I really like that you've put out there is in terms of verbiage that massage therapists should put on their website or should not put on their website to really deter people. And I I think that this is kind of an interesting conversation that maybe we should have just about the language that we put on our website and how that affects SEO. 
Can you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely. 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 This was something that I learned very early on in the process of respect massage is that even if a massage therapist has something on their website as a deterrent saying, you know, we do not entertain sexual favors, or if you use keywords like sex, sexual, happy ending, it will flag your website as being a sexual massage business. Which is like the exact opposite thing that you're trying to do when you use that, those, that language. Exactly. But Google doesn't know the difference. So what I've done is I have written policies and deterrence and waivers that massage therapists can use where that language is not included, but it's very clear that that is what they are deterring and what they're talking about. So it avoids using keywords like sex, sexual, happy ending, stuff like that. But it's also protecting that massage therapist. So I have on respectmassage.com a page that you could actually just send your clients to where it says exactly what being a respect massage member is all about and uses really beautiful language to describe it, but without using those keywords that you wouldn't want on your website. I love it. I love it. So Joyce, the other night I was having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine. And she's grappling with leaving the massage industry. She's just a little burnt out right now. And one of the things that we got to discussing was the fact that she feels like she's had to suppress her sexual energy since becoming a massage therapist to kind of prevent solicitations. And I was just kind of wondering what your thoughts were on this. Can you define suppressing her sexual energy? Like what types of things is she avoiding doing? I think that she's just felt like she's had to really dress conservatively and present herself in a very non-sexual way. I see. I see. Like just being very conservative where she might feel like her true colors are not being shown. Yeah. And I mean, I think that maybe like she identifies a lot of people, they kind of, there is some identity that comes with expressing yourself in sexual ways. And for her, it's been hard because she just, she feels like she, and of course, you know, she lives in the same town that I live in and we live in a very small town. So it's like, you know, you go out dancing and, and you're, you know, maybe dancing like in a provocative way or whatever, like it. Right. And your client's right there. (laughs) Right. So, um, but I, I was just kind of curious, like with your whole respect massage movement, if you had thoughts about uh, this kind of idea that, you know, there's some suppression maybe happening. Yeah, sure. I, it's, I think a lot of people become massage therapists because you want to work for yourself. You don't want to wear a uniform. You don't want to have to play by someone else's rules and respect massage absolutely agrees with that. You don't like, we are about being an individual and being an empowered massage therapist to be able to identify when there's a problem and to get out. So I am not here and respect massage most certainly is not here to tell anyone how to dress or how to present themselves. Now, with that being said, I think that massage therapists should market themselves to the type of client that they are trying to attract in a way that that client is going to respond well. So that also includes if you're trying to deter a certain type of client, then you don't want to put yourself out there in a way that it's going to 
think that that's okay. Yeah, maybe invite invitations. Yeah, being mindful of the way that we act and that we dress and the way we put ourselves out there as on social media, even considering, okay, well, I have a personal page. But if on your personal page, it says that you're a massage therapist, and it's linked to your business, you should just really be mindful of what you're putting out there. And when I had my practice, I didn't want to have certain pictures on my social media, just because I'm a wellness provider. Like, yeah. If I'm here trying to promote wellness, I don't want pictures of me on my webpage or on my social media, like doing unhealthy things yeah. to my body. Yeah, no, it's interesting because when I first started practicing and, you know, I'm living in this small town, yeah. there were times I was, I was in my twenties. There were times when I still really wanted to cut loose. And so I would drive two hours over to a different town and meet up with my girlfriends and like we'd you know go out drinking and like right get a little yeah. bit wild and crazy and like it was like okay like that's like the safe place for me to like cut loose because I still had some of that energy that I wanted to get out but it was like it didn't feel appropriate to do it in my town where I right. most definitely would run into it to clients it would just you know it was inevitable and so yeah and just saying to your friends like please don't post any pictures and tag me in pictures of me drinking or, you know, like me dancing. Like I know the way that I dance when I go out and I don't want that on respect massage or on my massage therapy website because I'm cut loose. Like I'm not a massage therapist in that moment. So right. Like I don't want, I'm not writing posts or anything like saying, this is how you should dress as a massage therapist. I, I just don't think that that is, forward thinking, especially with what is going on with the world today and empowering women, like that is not my place at all. But I just think that people need to think about how they're putting themselves out there. That's all. So you don't advise therapists to dress conservatively when they're giving massage? I think each individual therapist should be mindful of how they're putting themselves out there and it's their choice. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to tell someone how to dress. There's, there, I just yeah. can't, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, but if somebody's following respect massage, I think they're going to be someone that's aware of it. And should you be yeah. wearing a sports bra to give a massage in? Probably not. Yeah. You know, but then you've, but Ellie, it's like, it's such a fine line and there's so much gray area with how we dress. A lot of massage therapists wear yoga pants. They're tight. Right pants. Is that appropriate? I personally wouldn't do it. I mean, I, what am I going to tell someone? I wear yoga pants. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like an ethics and boundaries queen, you know? And, (laughs) but it's what, it's like one thing if you're wearing leggings and you've got a tight shirt on with it, or are you wearing leggings and like a flowy top? Like it's, there's so yeah. much gray. There's so much gray. And if there's, right. and then you look at different body types and what, you know, it, I cannot tell someone what to wear because there's so, yeah. well, and I there's think, so many different factors. I think it also comes back to like, like almost the shield you put on too, in terms of like, sometimes I feel like I come across really kind of hard in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah, for some of my clients, because I'm just I I do have such such a huge boundary wall. So one of my clients, one time she told me she was like, when I first met you, she's like, you totally have the resting bitch face. And I was like, (laughs) 
oh, thanks. Thanks. And she was like, well, no, she's like, it was just like, I didn't want to mess with you. Like I knew that like you weren't going to take shit. Yeah. And you know, I think that that's my guard that I put up. Cause I'm like, you know what? Like I I'm professional and I expect you to treat me like a professional. And you know, even if I am wearing yoga pants, like I still am a professional. Right. <laughs> I think that that's part of it. Yeah. It speaks to the therapeutic relationship, right? Like we, yeah. as a therapist, we're not friends with our clients. We're not trying to get them to like us or any of that. It's about us being their therapist. So if you have to start off with really firm boundaries and then you can kind of loosen them up over the course of time, then that's okay. But you can't go in loose and then tighten up the reins after a client is... It's so much harder to tighten the reins up after you've started. I I totally agree, Joyce. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's you can't go backwards. And I know this from experience because when I first started off as a massage therapist, I mean, I was charging $45 a massage. Oh my gosh. I just was desperate <laughs> for everyone to love, like everyone got a discount. Oh my gosh. I just wanted everyone to love me and just please come get massages. Massages are great and I will heal you. And like, but the second that I started saying, I'm not the one that's doing the healing, yeah. it's the client. Yep. They are here to get better, and that is their responsibility. I'm a facilitator. I'm a guide. I'm here to help them along the way on their journey, but it's on them. And the second that that I realized that, everything shifted in my practice, and it took a lot of the pressure off of me to be this person that wanted everyone to like her into a therapist. That is just boundaries. So important. I mean, I think, you know, it's just human nature to want people to like us. But that you're right, Joyce, it is not our job to have people like us. Our job is to help facilitate healing for them. And the best way that we can do that is by having really clear boundaries about what it is that we're providing and what we're there for. Yeah. And if they're coming to see you once a week or once a month, even there will be a relationship that will develop. You will like each other, you know, like that's going to happen, yeah. but keeping it on a therapeutic level is going to allow them, them to heal. Because if you get too close with your clients, they're not going to be able to let go as easily because they're going to feel like, well, I can't cry in front of Joyce. She's my friend. Like, I don't want to let go like that. Or, you know, I, I was late. So I, you know, this or this or this has to happen or, you know, like you, you lose the control and the therapeutic relationship. It gets when there's a lack of boundaries and there's a friendship developing and it's unfortunate and it's really hard pill to swallow because I have been there and I get it. But from here on out, you know, from, from when I made that shift, I don't treat family members. I don't have my friends come in. You are my client. That is all you are when you come and see me for a massage. That's it. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's an interesting idea that you bring up here because, you know, it's kind of bringing up the idea of, having dual relationships in massage. And I know sometimes when therapists are first getting started, it's like, it's a very attractive idea to, or it's an easier way maybe to branch into getting your own clients is, is to approach the people and to market to the people that you already know. So if you're doing that and you're having these dual relationships, it, it's a little bit harder to create healthy boundaries. Exactly. And if you're going into, I ha- I was chatting with a massage therapist over Instagram 
And she was telling me she was thinking about moving to a new town. And she was saying how hard it is to meet people, but the massage helps. And I was like, oh, so you are, you like are looking for your friends through your massage practice. And she was saying, yes, that yeah. is exactly what she was doing. Uh-huh. But she also was someone that was reaching out to me because she struggled with boundaries. She was having problems with multiple clients, pushing boundaries, asking her out and this and that. So if, if we can get that mindset completely shift and say, you're a therapist or you are a friend, you are not both. Like it's so, Allie, I live on a boat and I'm surrounded by people that live on boats. A lot of them have a lot of money and they want me to come and massage them. And I tell them either we're going to be friends or I'm going to be your massage therapist. I'm not going to come to your boat and massage you and then have drinks afterwards. Yeah. It's two different, two different roles that I'm playing there. And I don't like to mix. So you things. just like, I feel like I, you just basically say, I will not have dual relationships that you're either one or the other. I will not No, if I can control yeah. it, if I can, if I can control it, I have, Obviously, I have clients that I've had since I started and the, the lines have blurred yeah. and there's no going back. But well, um, and that gets back to where it's what you were saying before is like you can you can always relax the rules after time. But but right. if you start out and things are blurred from the beginning, like it's only going to get messier. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Messy. That's a good way yeah. of putting it. <laughs> So, Joyce, recently I saw you post something about calling people who are requesting illicit massage creeps and how we shouldn't use this term. Can you dive in a little bit more about your thoughts around this? Yeah, sure. I It's a term that I used for a long time that I called people creeps that were seeking happy endings or were looking for sex from a massage therapist. And the, the deeper I dive into the subject matter and the more research I'm doing and the more people I'm talking to, I've realized that that is not an appropriate term to be using. You know, it reminds me of Harry Potter and how everyone wouldn't say Voldemort. You know, they would say, oh, he who must not be named. It's like calling someone that is pushing a boundary and doing something that you don't want them to do a creep is putting a label on them that it diminishes your power. Okay. So if we can call them what they are and say, this is a sexual solicitor and they're pushing a boundary and they're doing something that I don't want them to do, then you can shut it down. But saying, oh, they're a creep. They're crazy. They're someone that's looking to hurt me or no, they're, they're someone that's looking for a happy ending. And if you're clear, would you call them a predator? I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't because this is someone that is looking for a service that you do not provide that other people do provide. And all you have to do is say, I do not do that and get them away from you. That's the whole point of respect massage is saying, I am not telling massage therapists to send these people to another massage therapist. Don't send them to a male massage therapist or to a chain or, you know, like you don't know, you don't like what they're doing. It's, it's about empowering the individual to say, no, I don't do that. And making it really clear even before they ask. So you're deterring the behavior completely. Yeah. So saying that there's something wrong with that person is not empowering. Saying that there's something right with me 
and where I stand and you have no place in my world. Yeah. It's interesting what you were just saying about like sending, sending someone who's requesting, requesting a different type of massage <laughs> to a different therapist. Yes. Um, yes. You know, I, I would never think to do that. And in, in fact, in, in my town, it happened. It's crazy because in, in I'm sure it does in the town that I live in, like we'll have someone who requests a happy ending. And like, there's a, a group of us that like a chain message will go out saying like, if so-and-so reaches how to you, like know that this is, this is what's they're looking for. And it's kind of like warning all the therapists, Yeah, which is cool. Cause. Oh, Allie. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, I really encourage massage therapists to do that. I was trying to organize something like that for respect massage, yeah. but HIPAA and client confidentiality and all of that stuff is there's just, there was way too much red tape. Yeah. But if, there's massage therapists like on the ground. Well, and it. I mean, I think that, you know, in some ways we probably are violating that when we do the little warning shout outs. But, you know, I mean, I think for us, it's like. Well, keep in mind, if Ellie, if they weren't your client, if they weren't your client, you're not breaking any HIPAA. You're not breaking client confidentiality. If it was just someone that sent you a text right. of their penis or right. something and you're like, hey watch out for this guy. <laughs> like he sent me a picture of his penis, then he's not your client. So you're not breaking any confidentiality. Yeah, no. But for me to do it on a large scale, um, like having a whole program or an app or something like that, it was just a uh, logistic. Uh, lo- what's the word? Le- le- uh, what's shoot? Like a logistical nightmare. Uh, logistical nightmare. But I was looking for the word for when you're like lawyering things. Le- Litigious. Uh, litigious nightmare <laughs> a litigious nightmare yeah yeah, yeah. you don't have to yeah. edit that out that was fun that was a fun journey to, for us yeah. to go on there um <laughs> yes a litigious nightmare yeah. because if i'm if i'm running something and it has people's phone numbers or pictures or names or whatever like i don't want to get in trouble for that totally totally um, not interested yeah yeah but i do yeah. think i do think like what we're doing like you said on the ground level like you know, if you can start something like that in your community where there is some, someone who is requesting, you know, illicit requests, like, you know, that you can help protect your, your friends and neighbors. And yeah, and it's going to help you build those relationships with other massage therapists that we should all like, we should all have each other's backs. You know, like, there's so many reasons why you should be friends with massage therapists in your area. If you get sick, you can refer out instead of just canceling on your clients and they would do the same thing back for you. If you're taking a vacation, if you're closing your practice and you want to like sell your client, I don't know if you can sell a client list, but you know, sell your business. Um, or if you wanted to collaborate or if there's like, I never did pregnancy massage. So I always had massage therapists that I would send pregnancy pregnant clients to, you know, and say, okay, come back in nine months. I'll see you. <laughs> Go to see this other person, yeah. you know, yeah. like all, so many all the reasons. So yeah. Many reasons. Yeah. It's, it's true. Yeah. And uh, I think yeah. that when you build those strong relationships with other therapists in your community, that it's amazing that the source of referrals that can come and the way that it can help you build up your business. If you just have kind of a positive outlook surrounding that. You know, I mean, there's yeah. only there's only so much and for of you to me, go around. I'm a competitive person, so I. So is that because you're a competitive person? Was that did that take you a while to kind of get comfortable with the idea oh, of? Absolutely, absolutely. Like when I, I first started yeah. off, I would just kind of stalk people online and be like, "What are their rates? What are they doing? What do their pictures look like? 
how many clients do they have, you know, like stuff like that. But once I, I looked at my competitiveness as an asset and said, okay, well, if I'm friends with these massage therapists, then it can be like, oh, well, what are you, oh, you're taking a class. I'm going to take a class too. Oh, you're starting a blog. Ooh, I'm going to do that too. You know, like it, you can look at it as a way to push yourself into the right direction and get you more motivated. Or you can just be like, oh, their picture's not cool. Or I, I don't know, you know, just getting yeah. mad about other therapists or you can use it to motivate you. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting <laughs> thought. Oh, we're diving deep into Joyce's brain. Scary place. Right? <laughs> we're really, we're really getting to know you today. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Joyce, where do you hope that the respect massage movement, like, where do you hope to see it go? Do you, do you have like some big aspirations for it? You, you do have this uh, continuing ed class around the respect massage movement. Can you talk to us about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, that is a course that every massage therapist needs to take. It's, it gives you, it's, uh, it'll take you two hours and you're going to know exactly how to spot a sexual, there's all this weird code out there and behaviors that you wouldn't even think of. And I've done all the research. I've gone down the Google rabbit hole to a terrifying place of looking at how to ask for a happy ending. What should I do? What should oh I, gosh. you know, like it's, it's a weird, it's a weird world out. So I would love every massage therapist to take the course. Well, and I took it and I, and I, what I found was that in the massage school that I went to, it was kind of this idea that like erections happen, they're natural occurring things in the male body. And we shouldn't, we shouldn't shame people for, or shame men for experiencing them. And that was like kind of the education that we got, which was really kind of, I felt like it did a disservice to massage therapists fresh coming out of the field because it didn't, for me, it didn't arm me with the verbiage to be able to safely walk away from a situation. And, you know, I, I kind of had to figure out in, in the treatment space, what it looked like to actually exit from a situation like that. And I don't, I don't know when I was first confronted with it, like, I don't know that I handled it the most gracefully because I hadn't ever practiced it. And so that's, that's what I really love about your course is it gives everyone the opportunity to practice that language. Right. Yeah. There's scenarios in the course that either I experienced personally or other massage therapists have experienced where you're faced with a sexual solicitor and how would you act? What would you say? Would you, and, and every scenario I ask, would you call the police? Because yeah. I'm not saying whether you should call the police or not. I just want it to be on everyone's radar because radar that they can. Yeah, you can. Like I've been contacted by massage therapists saying this X, Y, and Z happened to me. And I was like, Whoa, did you call the police? And they were like, what? I'm like, yeah, that's definitely police worthy. You know, like if, yeah. if, if, and I do get into that in the, in the course about like, when should you call the police and just to have it be on people's radar. But what I would yeah. really love for respect massage, the course to happen is it goes into schools. So you, cause I had that awkward situation about erections with my teacher too. And it was like, okay, well, you're just making me feel bad if I see an erection now, like that's not, it's not how I want massage therapists to be feeling like you should be able to identify the situation and say, okay, well, 
this is a guy he fell asleep and he's relaxed and that happened or you walk into the room and he's laying naked not under the covers with an erection well then that's when erection is not okay you know like there's there's times and places it's different there's it's different you have to read the situation and and that's what the course is all about is saying you know here's here's a list of red flags that are definite like you do not proceed if this like for example if someone sends you a picture or if someone asks you for a picture of you as a massage therapist game over do not book end massage but then there's gray areas like the whole groin pull thing if someone says hey i have a groin pull that could be a legitimate request. So yeah, I mean, course, like, you know, like I live that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I live in a ski town. Like it's not that unusual of a request to say like, you know, like I was skiing pretty hard and like right in here is where it hurts. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, so yeah. that's where screening comes into play, which is also another big part of the course is how do you screen a client? What questions do you ask? Because the goal of screening a client is to get to the point where you are scheduling the client and you are 100% sure you know what that client's intentions are in getting massage. Yeah. And if you are unsure, then you ask more questions until you are sure. Well, <laughs> and, and another thing, Joyce, too, that I kind of feel like is important is I think sometimes when we're first getting started that we feel like we can't turn down any right. massage because we're like so hungry for work. But the truth is, is that you can turn down work. Like, you know, it, it might feel like no one else is going to call you in the beginning, but you'll gain momentum over time. And the more you can be selective with who you see, if you if your intuition, if you feel that hair raising on the back of your neck, like, trust it. It's, right. it's important to trust those feelings. And if you turn down a client that is being inappropriate, you're going to walk away from that situation feeling awesome. If you book that client and you're feeling, I say, if you're going to feel gross. Yeah. You're feel awful. You're going to feel like crap. You're going to feel guilty. You're going to feel shameful. You're going to, you're not feel empowered. And I tell massage therapists, if you have a client coming in and you're thinking, I need to make sure my, my sister is in the office with me or my spouse or I have someone in the office with me when this person is coming in because I don't feel safe, you shouldn't have booked yeah. them. Right. You should not have booked them. Yeah. So, and I, I don't know, Joyce, do you, do you, do you think that some of this, like, I feel like the course that you've created has, it, it's empowering therapists to think through these scenarios before they actually occur. But do you think that there's some of this learning that has to occur in real time? Or do you think that you can learn all of that by, by going through your program. I think I don't, I don't want to see therapists have to learn by living it. And I think my course absolutely would prepare anyone for, for a situation like that and to just be able to get out. And that's, I mean, that's what I'm here for. I'm trying to protect massage therapists from feeling the way that I have felt and the way that so many other massage therapists have felt when I felt it, you get those weird. Yeah. And, and 100%. And I would love for the course to end up in schools so massage therapists are getting it. It doesn't have to be a continuing ed course. It it would be a part of the curriculum because the course is like totally led by discussion. I mean, it would be a great resource for any teacher teacher to have 
where you just play the course and then you stop it. And then you talk with the students about the scenarios or you talk at the end of every chapter. After taking your course, it's like the scenarios that you put out. I mean, really, truly, they would provide such great conversations in a group setting. That's what they're there for. I mean, if it was a live course first, but then COVID happens. So I made sure it was online, but I would love to, uh, I mean, that'd be awesome. I'd love to travel around and teach this course to massage therapists. I think it would be a great discussion. And I think having the energy of all these other massage therapists in the room as we talk through these scenarios would be, it would be so energizing and empowering to, to, to take, you know, to see how everyone else would react because in Yes, there is. There has to be a multiple choice quiz at the end of the course in order to get your CEUs from NCBTMB. It has to happen Mm -hmm. because the online course, I have to be able to test the material. But also within the course, there's discussion questions where there's no right or wrong answer. It's just getting people thinking about how they would react. Yeah, Because there's so many different, there's so much gray area. There's so many different takes that you can have on these scenarios. And as long as you're safe, and as long as you walk out of the situation feeling awesome, then you did it right. Yeah, I love that. Well, so Joyce, anything else that you want to share with us today? Oh, man, we covered a lot, Allie. This was great. I know. This was great. So much nice fun. Chatting. We could go on forever. Um, uh, just to make <laughs> sure like people utilize the Respect Massage website, there's articles going uh-huh. up there all the time with lots more information. Follow me on social media. And YouTube is also a really great free resource for massage therapists. I put up videos all the time about ways to stay safe, different like different products that I've discovered, like panic buttons, security systems. You know, I talk about all that stuff online just to make sure that you're doing everything you possibly can to walk into your office feeling confident and empowered and in control. Joyce, I just think it's so incredible that you're creating this resource for massage therapists because it's, I truly believe it's, it's an area that we lack and to have something as comprehensive as what you're creating is, it's a true gift to the massage community. So thank you so much for, for thinking up the idea and for taking the time and energy to create it. Thank you so much, Allie. That's really kind. I appreciate you. I'm like almost crying. Thank you. That was really oh. nice. Thank you. <laughs> well, I th- it's true. It's very true. So so therapists should just go on and, and Google Respect Massage and, and they'll find you, right? Yeah, right, respectmassage.com. It's all on respectmassage.com. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being on the show. It was, it was so much fun and... Um, Yeah, hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Allie. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. And please reach out to us if you have any questions or topics you would like covered. We love suggestions. Find us at www.alignwiththemassagebusinessmama.com. Also, We wouldn't hate it if you were inclined to share or review our episode. Until next time, stay healthy, massage therapists.